Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 140. I'm so glad that Nick Nation, y'all have been through me, been with me through all these episodes. I got a special guest in the building. Um, Well, I recently found guy on YouTube, you know, I always search YouTube for Nick videos. And I got Danny B of Danny B Morning Drive and new co-host of Nickabaca Avenue with Coach Fah. Yes, sir. What's up, bro? How you doing? Man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can hear you. All right, cool. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't know if it's coming off my phone or the or the headset. I'm, I don't know. But if you hear me, we're good, bro. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Thank you for having I'm, me. I'm, yeah, of course, man. I'm good, bro. Um, I've been wanting to speak to you for a minute because, you know, I'm not a morning person. So <laughs> <laughs> I salute to you when you do this morning drive thing. No I need to know, and the people need to know, before we even start talking about, you know, the current Knicks, what made you a Knicks fan? And also, what made you start the Danny B Morning Drive, and what inspires you to do your work? Man, all right. So when I was little, I had crazy. I always, I always just played basketball. You know what I mean? Just I was always into sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom, man, she was watching the Knicks back with um you in Houston. You know what I mean in the nineties. And um, I always would come home and I'd see her, you know, tuning in, watching ESPN and stuff. And she's not even into sports. I think like the only reason she watched it, it was because she thought Alan Houston was cute, like straight up. So that's I don't know why. <laughs> She bought me a Ewing jersey, and I just I just started watching the Knicks, man. And um, I wasn't really, like, in-depth into it. You know what I mean? I was definitely more of a casual until probably when Melo came over and I started really, you know, watching every single game, you know? Yo, um, hold on, Danny, real quick. Yeah. Danny, real quick. You want to know so crazy about that? What's that? I, die-hard Nick fan because of Melo as well. I, I remember the day his first game, and he was a Nick. I remember watching that game. I was in Brooklyn, and I was at some girl house in the project. <laughs> and I think you got to take the C train off of Lucid Avenue. I, I dad remember that. <laughs> and he's dead one of the reasons why. Continue. Continue. Hell yeah. No, man, that was it, man. Just from, you know, seeing the Knicks plus, I'm a, I'm a hometown guy, you know. I'm always riding the hometown. And I don't waver, you know. Once I pick the Knicks, that was it. There's no other team. Um, but, yeah, I always, I always liked Melo. Uh- um, I, I remember watching Melo when he was playing college, man. Um, I was hanging out with a girl whose sister went to Syracuse. And so that's when I kind of started watching Melo. So five years later, you know what I mean? And he comes to the Knicks and I'm, I'm all about it. So that's when I started really being that. Um, and man, the morning drive, dude, I don't know. My girl hates that. I'm, I'm like a morning person. Cause I'm second I open my eyes. I have energy. Like you hear me talking right now. I, I can't stop sometimes, you know? So yo, if I talk too much, just tell me, cut me <laughs> off. But um, morning drive, bro. Nah, nah, go ahead, bro. <laughs> this is the platform. This is the platform no doubt. where you could, where you could, yeah. No you doubt, want. I like that. So yeah, man, I just, um, I just one morning I figured, let me turn on the camera while I'm driving to work and just say my piece real quick. Um, I can't even remember what game it was the, the morning after, but I've been doing it. I think I'm at like 21 games now. Um, but yeah, I just, I figured, why not, you know? And I threw a quick like two, three minute video out there. And the response was crazy, you know, like I definitely thought I was just doing it one time. See you later. And uh, just people just kept saying, you know, like this was great. Keep them coming. So I figured I'd do a couple more, see how it goes. 
And um, it's just been crazy since. So I just figured, let me just keep going and see where it takes me, you know? So I definitely appreciate you not only um, picking it up on YouTube, because the only reason I even put it on YouTube was I just wanted somewhere to keep it all, you know, without having to fill up a hard drive somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I figured it was a good spot to catalog it. So it's funny how slowly people start seeing it there. I did the same thing, Instagram, you know, and it's all love, man. Everybody's showing me love. So I appreciate that, dude. Bro, I salute you with the YouTube thing. I'm 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 gonna get there soon. It's 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 a struggle, it's man. It's so difficult, it, it, bro. It is so difficult to like upload videos and sit there. Like I, I've been so used to doing audio for a long time, and the only reason why I started doing live videos was because of Uncle Freezy. Okay, you know he invited me on the live. He said, "Yo, come through." And my guy, Die Hard Nick podcast, my guy Evil. Okay, so. You no, know, salute to you with the YouTube videos, bro. I and you driving at the same time, so yeah. Well, shout out bro. to those holsters, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> those holsters <laughs> are sure, key for sure. But yeah, man, I try not to look look at the camera, and you know, like after doing it a couple of times, I figured out, you know, not just the back roads, but like the side streets where nobody's really driving, like at all. You know what I mean? I was just I was just typing that in one of the chats. I think mm -hmm. on the thread that you're on with me. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to be safe. You know, and usually nobody's on the road. If I see somebody coming up behind me, I'll just re record it. You know what I mean? Because I have it memorized. So it don't even matter. I'll just redo it. And um, I guess it's two minutes. You know what I mean? Two minutes is go goes quick. Man, that, that's that's good, bro. I, I respect the work. I respect what you do. Nah, bro. I appreciate it, dude. I and, definitely um, do. Anytime, man. Let's get right into it, though. Let's do it. <laughs> because um, I remember them years with uh, Phil Jackson, bro. And it, it was tough. Triangle, bro. He shoved um, it down our throat. Oh, God, bro. And then we had Jeff Horner trash. Man. David Fish. Big smiles, oh, dude. That was the oh. smile era. Every coach was just smiling ear to ear. <laughs> the 32-win season, 17-win season. These guys are cheesing on Come on, man. Like, you see Tibbs when we're freaking 500 winning game by 20 and he's still yelling at the refs. Like, that's what I, that's what I need, you know? The image that sticks in my mind, bro, from the past, like, five years, remember the game when the Knicks was down? He was down, like, 40 against the Milwaukee Bucks and Fizdale was smiling? Yep. Yep. Never forget that, dude. That sticks in my mind. Yep. <laughs> so annoying, dude. The game there was a game that we were losing with the Heat. There's a picture of him going around where he's arm in arm with um with with both those guys. Uh, uh, what the hell are their names? Uh, the two dudes from the Heat. Ooh, yeah, the, the the coach and the, and the GM. Yeah, Spolstra and uh, what's his case, Riley. So it's just funny, man. Like that, I 100% agree with you. I'll never forget. Every time I think Hornacek and I think uh, Fizdale, I just think smiles. You know what I mean? Like. Just taking it lightly, you know. Fizdale was always like, "Ah, oh, I'm a player's coach," you know what I mean. And he was always buddy buddy with the players. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a coach enough, you know. Right, and you know, me, me as a person, I feel like I could never be somebody's supervisor because when you're a supervisor, and I, I'm gonna compare this to being a coach. Like when you're when you're a supervisor, you gotta manage egos, personalities, but you gotta direct as well. So this is the first time for me in seven years where I've seen a coach actually get into these guys and got these guys 
you know, buying right. it. We have a culture. And I want to know, how did you feel about Thibodeau before this season started? And I'm going to just throw this stat at you before you go. You know, the Knicks defense, we're first in scoring defense. 105.4 points per game. We're first in field goal percentage defense at 44.2 uh, percentage. And we're first in three-point defense, three-point percentage defense at 33.7%. Um, h- how did you feel about Thibodeau before the season started? And we're 28 and 27 right now. So it, it, tell me about your journey with these Knicks, man. And Nick Nation, because I'm I'm pretty sure they all want to know it. Hell yeah, dude, definitely, man. Before, honestly, when we were searching for a coach, I was definitely looking at Tibbs. Um, obviously, there's a couple other guys that everybody's kind of got eyes out for, but the reputation that I thought he had was a great defensive coach. Obviously, he you know he had somewhat of a winning record, and he had uh, just that that defensive mind. I, I definitely thought that he was a great option, and I figured that he would get a job at some point. I didn't think that we would actually pull the trigger and hire him um, just because of the track record and that experience that you have with the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's always been negative for the most part, so you don't expect them to do the right thing. So um, I, I kind of didn't expect it. So I was definitely over the moon with it. Um, you always hear how he's a workhorse, you know what I mean, and works guys, plays them big minutes, obviously – um, you saw it with Butler, you saw it with Rose back in, you know, the Chicago days early. Um, and I'm just not big into that only because I just feel like that's that's what they do. You know what I mean? They're constantly in the gym, constantly working out, constantly, you know, t- I mean, it should be, of course, um, you know, doing the right things. And when you're doing them at that level, you should be able to put up 30, 35 minutes a game, 35, you know, 37, 39. We see Randall doing 40 minutes. You know, but he's working, you know, he's in the gym night in, night out. So he's ready for it. So I really look at it as a good thing. Um, I see us ending the season probably somewhere around 500, give or take maybe two games, you know, or even even, which I still think is a success. And I think that we'll fall somewhere, somewhere in that 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 playing range, you know, or on the cusp of it. You know what I mean? Six, seven, eight seed. It's going to be tight, though. You know what I mean? It's hard to even call it because there's so many moving pieces right now. That The, the next month is just going to be nuts. Yeah, the next month, oh, man, it's going to be tough, bro, because I was one of those guys before the season. I'm not even going to lie to you, bro. I wanted to tank. <laughs> <laughs> and my reasoning for feeling that way was because – Randall suck. Right. Uh, let's. I, I'm just no, look, we, we all – I don't mean to cut you off, but we all just got to take a second and put our minds back before the season, before even, like, the, the, the last three weeks into the season. You know what I mean? Because our mind frames were mm-hmm. completely different. So I'm going to let you, you know, go back to it. But I just wanted to kind of put everybody back there where, where you're going from. Yeah. So let's take it back. Like, before the season, I hated Randall. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Like – his spin moves, I had enough of it. Tasmanian Devil, <laughs> he was shooting 28% from three. He had like 130-plus attempts from three. It, it it was disgusting to watch. So the excuse I kept giving for Randall was coaching. We had Fizdale, and it, it we had Mike Miller. And I hate Mike Miller because Mike Miller was playing Mo Harkless over Kevin Knox, and I still got a beef with him till his day. Yeah, that. I hear that. But – <laughs> but we'll get to that Julius of course 
So I'm watching Julius Randle on, under Thibodeau. Dude got five triple doubles, you know, the most since Michael Ray Richardson. Mm-hmm. And dude is he's just playing special. And the most thing I could appreciate about this man under Thibodeau is he's making RJ Barrett a better basketball yep. player. And RJ RJ Barrett is shooting 47% from three in 2021. And he's shooting damn near 50% from three of Julius Randle passes. Yep. So I, I want to know, you know, this this Julius Julius Randle under Thibodeau and RJ Barrett under Thibodeau. How how you feel about him? Like, is this is these your two guys you build around? Do you add another guy to them? Because I'm I'm looking at RJ Barrett, and since you know All Star break, RJ Barrett is averaging damn near twenty points per game, mm-hmm. six rebounds per game. I think know, three assists. Three assists yep. per game. Three assists per game. And since All-Star break as well, Emmanuel quickly also makes R.J. Barrett better. Shout out to Thibodeau for playing Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. His free throws per 100, per 100 uh, doubles in attempts when you have Emmanuel quickly on the floor. And his net rating is a plus four, three, eight. So, and his true, true shooting percentage goes up from 53% to 57%. Um. How do you feeling about these pillars on this team? Like, who who's the guys? Man, all right. So, I definitely am with you on RJ. Since All-Star break, he's definitely been a lot more aggressive. Most nights, you know, even on nights like last night, you know, he was still aggressive. He still was um, making t- dishes, making smart plays, getting involved, being big on defense, um, which is huge. So, I just think that he has that killer instinct regardless. You know what I mean? RJ is going to succeed no matter what. Um the the biggest thing that I've seen this year, going back to Randall, is that I think even before Tibbs, I think he was on a, uh, just a man on a mission. You know what I mean? He uh, he really went hard in the offseason, got himself into incredible shape, as everybody saw. He looked – I mean, he just looked incredible, you know, from this season to last season. Um, and I think he really paid attention to the video, you know, because he really – and you saw it. it. It took a few games, took about three to five games for him to start being consistent about making that those changes a habit. But he really looked at it. You know, like you said before, we saw last season him driving a ton of times in the double, triple teams and just turning it over. Oh, you got to see that coming. You know what I mean? And he's seeing it a lot better this season. <laughs> Clearly, he's he's dishing it, which is obviously one of the big reasons he's got five triple doubles. Um, you know, so I think. Yep. Not only that drive that he had and, and the focus that he really took upon, you know, in the last year, Tibbs really helped hone it and focus it, you know what I mean? And, and the whole staff, you know, those guys there definitely backed him up. So it was like a perfect storm, you know, of him coming back, the, the staff backing him up. Um, and you're right. He definitely makes RJ better. And you hear all the guys say that all the time, you know, on TV, all the big stars. They say, you know, the stars are the guys that make the team better, the guys around them better, you know, and he's, you're, we're starting to see that. Um, on top of it, RJ, again, has that killer instinct. Uh, and you don't see a ton of people have that, man. Like, yeah, Westbrook has that killer instinct. You see Dame turn it on. You know what I mean? There's a handful of guys that have that that absolute killer instinct. Kobe, you know, rest in peace, legend, had that killer instinct. You know what I mean? And that's, that's such a difference maker. Um, and I feel like he has it all, all the time. So – Definitely him, Randall. Quickly, you got to hang on to. Mitch, if you can get it at the right price, um, you know that we're going to have to sprinkle guys around them. We're definitely going to hold on to a handful of what we got. 
Um, Quickly is definitely going to step in there at some point. I would love to um, see how long we can hang on to Rose, you know, maybe till next trade deadline. Um, I don't think he's sticking around long term, but I, I, Rose, Rose got to retire. I would love that. I've seen enough. I would love that. I've seen enough with Derrick. But I'm with you. You know what I mean? Because I understand where you're coming from. And we'll definitely get to Mm -hmm. those reasons in a second. Um, But building around, I definitely think Randall, RJ, um, like I was saying, you know, IQ, Mitch, if we can get it at the, you know, the right fit, the right price. I think he's a great addition to the team where he is. His energy is just, you know, all around is, is a benefit and a plus to the team. Um, so I totally get where you're coming from with, I'm going to bring it to one of the things I know that we wanted to talk about was how Randall could be a fourth option in Wade. You know what I mean? Because we need more clearly, you know, um, let's get right into that. The only thing I'm going to say before you do is that I think if we see more consistency, more longevity of this type of play, I think that he could be more of a second, third option, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, I think if, if we see him finish yeah. the season playing like this, come out next season playing like this, finish the whole year, then we could say, all right, 100%, this dude is here to stay. He's taking the next step, and we're 100% confident in it. You know what I mean? It's just that it's new. So I feel like we don't mm-hmm. have that faith. So I definitely want to hear what you think because I see you talking about it all that time, you know. So I'm glad that we could talk and, and get a little bit more than, you know, what we could type into uh, a Twitter comment. So as far as, like, Julius Randle is concerned. No disrespect to him. But when I'm looking at a championship team, my number one option got to be a wing. I haven't seen a big win a finals MVP or be the best player on a championship team in 10 years. The last big that was the best player on the championship team was Dirk Nowitzki. On top of the fact that I'm looking at the previous big threes, uh, you know, these previous years. You know, Randall, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was your third option. You know, Draymond Green was your third option. Clay was your second right. option. You know, Wade was your second option. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. See, Duncan had guys like Ginobili, Tony Parker. Who you going to put the ball in the hands? Right. Parker, Ginobili, Julius Randle. Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Julius Randle. I'm saying in the proper role, I'm seeing R.J. Barrett in a – mind you, R.J. Barrett is is first in defensive wins, defensive plus minus, matter of fact, in guards in the league this year. And he's fourth in defensive plus minus. Like, I I, I need Julius Randle to understand that R.J. has to close. But on top of the uh, – and, and it's not even about just R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, right? I see R.J. Barrett as the second option. So if I see R.J. as the second option on this team, where's Julius Randle? He's going to be the third or fourth right. option. I don't see none of those guys as the one option. You know, that's just in my that, – that's just me. I, I don't know if – I could be wrong, you know, Maybe I'm not giving Julius Randle enough respect. Uh, that that's cool, understandable. I could be wrong. Wait, how you feel? Well, about that? the only thing that I was gonna say is you're totally right in feeling that because at the moment this is what we got to work with. You know what I mean? So I think that that's where we're looking at it. You know, and in a world where the game is becoming a little bit more positionless, 
I think it's okay if Randall is somewhat more of an option, but I agree with you, you know, until it, it completely changes in that direction, I think that there's room for somebody to move up in front of him as a more of a number one option. I think, um, you know, RJ is starting to still come into his own. We're seeing what he's doing in the last handful of games in terms of closing, being clutch. Um, and, and Randall's seeing it too. You know, I think Randall's starting to look for him. I think last night was obviously a little bit of a revenge game for Randall in a sense. So, you know, he definitely held on to the ball a little bit more. So I'm going to, you know, count that out. But <laughs> for the most part, you know, he's been, you know, his assists have been insane, man. He Didn't he have like 18 assists one one game? Bro, I, I forgot. What game was that? He was looking like prom Draymond. Right? I think he had like 17. He had like 17, yeah, 18 assists crazy. that game. And, and Reggie Bullock was going off that game too. I remember yep. that game. And then there's nights that, that Burks goes off. You know what I mean? So I like I like how Tibbs utilizes everything that we have. You know, it's there's definitely times, and I know me and you have spoken on it. You know, at at certain points that we feel like he could insert, you know, somebody like Knox a little bit more, somebody like Frank a little bit more when when it's needed. You know what I mean? Not in garbage time or you know when there's 15 seconds left in the game like Frank got last night. <laughs> bro, <laughs> yo, Tibbs be killing I know. Me, bro. And but he's such a win now guy. Me. You know what I mean? And he don't tr- he don't trust. Nothing. Yes. So you saw last night, um, you know, Vogel put you know pulls his starters out with you know what two minutes left, three minutes left, or whatever, and and Tibbs waited. You know, he waited a good minute and a half <laughs> because he wants to be damn sure he's not letting nothing happen and he wants to get to, to win. You know, so. I get that in a sense that he's trying to instill mm-hmm. winning habits in the young guys. And I appreciate that because RJ went through a shit season last year. Think about Knox's experience, man. Knox and Frank, you know, for the last four years has been just nothing but losing seasons, you know? So I get where he's coming from in that. And so through this season, there's going to be times where, you know, there's going to be sacrifices made. It just sucks that it's this season because it's contract years for both of them. And I was just thinking about that today. I forgot all about that in the last couple of weeks. As You know, excuse me, people, real quick. R.J. Barrett is fourth among guards who played 30 minutes. And he, he plays 30-plus minutes in a game in defensive rating. And he's number one in that category in defensive win shares. So, excuse me for getting that. But it's uh, getting that wrong. But as far as Kevin Knox and Frank is concerned, you know, I respect what Thibodeau is doing. And I heard everything you just said. You know, Kevin Knox was gifted minutes in his rookie season. He let, definitely let, did. He, definitely, he played a lot. Right? He, he, he played a lot of minutes he yep. didn't deserve. He was, he was the youngest Nick who scored 25 and 16 rebounds, you know, had 31 and 7 on Giannis. I, like, I, I remember mm-hmm. these games, you know. Uh, 13, 14 points per game is rookie year, five rebounds, 34% from three, you know, 120, 120 plus threes made. Knox, Knox is cool. Frank Nilakina, you know, dude had, what, five plus coaches? Yeah, he bro? did. He never had stability. How many coaches he had? Never. 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 Jared Jack, Trey Burke, yep. Moody. I, I got to deal with this guy, Alfred Payton. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, the one thing I don't get though um, from Frank mm-hmm. is he's the opposite, mm-hmm. right, from what we get from RJ in terms of like that killer instinct. You know what I mean? 
No, 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 I got one better for you. I got one better for you. What Frank is the opposite of quick. Yeah. Yep. In terms of what, in terms of that intensity, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And think about it. We've been watching Frank for like three, four yep. years, right? Quickly is the exact opposite of Frank. I'll be screaming at my TV. Pass the damn yep. ball. If we could combine them, dude, so we'd be set. Oh, oh my god! If but <laughs> but that goes to tell you, like, but how do you quickly's got a got a ceiling? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So he could definitely be that guy. You know, he's definitely still young and raw. He's got a lot to learn. So I think, um, you know, don't he's only got up, and I just feel like Frank's had the opportunities. You know, I think maybe he'll stick around a little bit longer. You know, at the with the right price. You know. Um, but we'll see. You know, what do you think? What do you think happens, you know, with Frank and Knox at the end of the season? Um, I think I think Knox gonna stay. Kenny Payne. Right. But let, let me let me ask you this question. What's the price you got for um Mitchell Robinson and Frank Nelakina? What's what, what what's the prices for them that you got in mind? Because that's been bothering me the past few weeks. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. <laughs> it, it, it's something to think I about because really next year is a tough year you know with with everybody's mm-hmm. contract mm-hmm. so the one thing that I've seen lately is Mitch somewhere around 10, 10 mil you know what I mean whether it's 3 years 4 years whether it's 12 mil I definitely don't want to do 15 you know because you don't want to overpay a center you know right now because it's just it's no. bad business you know Um, so I don't know I really don't know and I don't know. Maybe he hangs on one more year. You know, it plays the rest of his contract. I don't know. Because they have a lot of pieces to fit. So I feel like they definitely have a lot of inner conversations. Frank, I really, where does he fit? You know, with with everything that we're trying to do and people that we're trying to keep and the pieces that we need. Um, you know, say we put a deal out there for Ball, you know, where and when they do so, where is Frank left on the board? You know? So it's it's tough, man. I it, I really don't know. I try not to think about that stuff too much, just because I'm so much more into what's going on on the court. You know what I mean? And there's definitely guys that look into the numbers way more than I do. I'm so bad with that, man. I was just saying the other day, if I had to be a capologist, I would fail all day long. I hate math like that. Simple math, cool. Anything <laughs> other than that, dude, I, I it ain't for me. <laughs> bro, bro, it's it's tough for me, bro. I I try not to think about it either. But, you know, I got to because I'm always seeing Reggie Bullock and Burks right. and Alfred and Nerlens. And, you know, huge shout-out to Nerlens, too, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he stepped up big. Nerlens is first in – huge, bro. First in the NBA in defensive plus minus. Second in the NBA in block percentage. For the third best defensive team in the NBA while earning $5 million on a one-year deal. Dude, Burks is another one, man. I don't, I don't know what his numbers are, but yep. for the deal that we got for him, it was another steal. Him and, and Noel were steals, man. And Noel, it, it's funny because I remember when we got him, and I was just thinking, like, what happened to him? I remember, I remember when he was on the Thunder. I remember watching him and thinking like he was solid. So, I don't know. I just, I think he's definitely underrated, and he's showing out, dude. He's definitely showing out. And how about Taj, dude? Yeah. Killed it last night, dude. Oh, Huge. Man, Taj. Uh, can we can we give, can we give a moment to to just praise praise Taj? I want you to talk Dude, about Taj. 
I, I, I really love 35 years old. Yeah, He's I, older I, than I, me, I, and I'm 33. Not not many people that I watch on TV <laughs> playing basketball are, are, you know what I mean, older than me. So props to him, man. And he's in great mm-hmm. condition. Killed it. But what's key is the last, like, three games, four games, we've been getting killed on the boards, you know, killed. And right. he I, and freaking Noel stepped up huge last night. Huge. Yeah, you know, you know what it is too. You you know why we get killed on the boards too. And I'm a I'm gonna bring another young boy in this. Obi Toppin, gotta play. Yo, tough. he's so much more gotta of it. Like the game tough. that we're seeing him play is at least on mm-hmm. defense is so much more of like a center role. You know what I mean? Like just the way that he plays, the style. I was thinking about that either last night or this morning. I don't know, but I was just thinking. You know what I mean? Like I would definitely like to see him. Work more of a Randall type of game into your your game, you know. Yeah, you want to know what's crazy? Let's talk about that real quick. Somebody, who, I forgot who said this to me the other day. I think it was a, I think it was a coworker. Or I was probably thinking about this my damn self. But Obi Toppin, can he play some small ball center if he get a little stronger? And, and you know, he watch some film because we got to think about it, right? Him and IQ. They had no, they had no off-season training camp, mm-hmm. right? Um, the preseason was extra short. They did, they don't really have nope. practices, and Obi Toppin was kind of unplayable for about, I, I give it about three weeks. He had a he stretch. Unplayable to me. Definitely. I was, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he had a bad stretch. But you think that you you think he should be playing the small ball five next to Randall Moore? Would you like to see that combination more? Um, because you know Taj can't really space the floor. He well, he can. He, he tries, does try, he does yeah. Job. But at times, at times he just looks old, yeah. bro. So how, how do you how do you feel about what made you think about that? Elaborate, you know. Expand. You know what it is like when when you're watching Obi on offense, right? And he's got the ball, and say he he's above the three line. He doesn't ever look to penetrate. He doesn't look at the basket. You know what I mean? Like, he he almost reminds me of, like, Mitch. You know, like, when Mitch, you know, runs up high, you know, to go for a screen and then he gets the ball and the way that he immediately looks to get rid of it. Or if Mitch is just there and somebody passes him the ball, he looks right away to give it right back or to give it to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, they don't look, look to the basket. You know, like, you might have a couple of steps. Noel does that. I think Toppin definitely just needs to – get a feel for the game. So I like that Tibbs has been inserting him into those minutes when he can because he's been really finding his own. You know what I mean? The last handful of games, he's really been coming out. You saw last night a beautiful alley-oop from Burks to Toppin. So we've been seeing a lot more people look look for him, you yep. know? Um, so that's definitely cool. I know, I think I, I saw Peyton try to throw something up the top. It was either Toppin or, or RJ. I don't know if I'm mixing them up. But um, I just feel like he's getting more looks. Um, he's being more aggressive. There was, you know, those those couple games before last night where he was driving right to the rim and just trying to dunk over three people. You know, like we want to see that. You you can do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have length. Every step that you take with the ball, like you could easily go past one and a half bodies. You know what I mean? So definitely want to see that more. I think that once he works with the staff over the you know over the summer and they really have time to watch film, break it down to a T. You know, and and show him. You know, this is what you could be if you add this little bit here or or this little bit here. You know, and I think he'll do it, man. You know, with all the accolades that he's gotten, 
I think he has that in him to be able to take what he's got right now and, and work with it, especially what we got, you know, going with our staff. What do you, what do you think? And I, I agree. And, you know, shout outs to um, Derek Rose. So shout outs to Leon Rose making this trade. When Derrick Rose shares the floor with Obi Toppin this season, the Knicks rookie effective field goal percentage jumps nearly 7%. And, you know, we need to keep a guy like Derrick Rose around Obi Toppin. You know, Obi Toppin benefits from penetrating point guards. You know, I'm watching Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin, first of all, I want to say this about him. He takes high IQ shots. And what I mean by that is, he never takes a bad shot. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Like he always he picks takes the right spot. It, it, yeah, yes, and it, it's like when he misses, it's like, come on, bro, you yep. open. It's never, ah, uh, why you shoot that? And he needs to just hone in on his game more. I wish he would look at the basket more. I think that's just scheme. Um, I think it's just scheme, bro. You know, right? I get Julius that. Julius Randle plays in the pinch post. And Taj plays in the pinch post. When Taj come in the game, they don't play through Obi in the post yet. I don't think Obi's strong enough, actually, to be in the post I would yet. love to see it, though, man. And, and damn, that's surprising. Because there's one play that stands out last, last week, uh, dude, where I want to – I can't remember who it was against. Mm-hmm. But, man, let me think for a sec. No, I'm blanking. Because I'm trying to think. It wasn't the Celtics. It wasn't the Nets. I don't know. Was it the Nets? I don't know. There was just one play at the end of one of those games, and he was in the post spot where we were running the ball down, and he stopped. He ran past the three-point line, goes you know to the elbow, turns around. He gets the ball passed to him, and instead of taking a look behind him just to see who's there, because he had a guy that was half his size straight up on him. The point guard from the other team, the, the bench guard, was on him. He could have easily posted him up just one quick move and just dunked it you know, easily. But he didn't look. So I'm okay that he passed it out because I think he went to RJ, RJ or Bullock for a three, and we did get it. But I just don't like that he didn't look for it. You know what I mean? It's like he lost that confidence. Oh, I know what play you're talking about. I know I what play you're talking what about. It, it, I think it was it on was. a fast break. I think it was on a fast break. And he was first yep, down and he the stopped. court. Yep. And he got the ball. Yes. And he, I forget what the guy's name is. It was like Schlitzky or something like that. That was guarding him. It, it, something yeah. funny. I think I think it was against the Raptors. It, I think it was against the Raptors. I think it was against um, Malachi Flynn. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. And Obi was running down fast. I, I'm a, I'm a definitely. Look that I'll up. find it. I'll, I'll definitely hit you back with that. But either way, the whole my whole point was that he just didn't look. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind that he kicked it out to the open guy, at, you know, and we nailed the three. But I would just like for him to turn around and take a look. You know what I mean? If you see you got the size, just go for it. You know, you're closer to the basket. In reality, you know what I mean? You know, in a perfect world. But I like what we see from him. I definitely would give him time. You know, I think he could find his fit. You know, he's got a second unit to work with. So it's not like he has to figure out a way to break it and get into the road, you know, the into the starting lineup. He could easily, you know, find a home on that second unit. So I think he's definitely uh He's definitely got time. He's got the ability. He, we'll see it. We'll definitely see it. That The yeah. one thing that, that I, you're talking about, though, with Taj, uh, you know, him being the vet on the team, um, you know, what are your feelings about the rest of the vets? You know, the, the ones, obviously, that are getting the tons of the minutes. 
<laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Uh, um, hmm. Honestly, you know, I love Taj. You know, we don't. I don't do a Taj slander. I don't do Derrick Rose slander. I I would never slander those two. I love those two. Those two. Those my guys. Burks. When it comes to Burks, I came to the realization, bro. I gotta look at Burks like I'm looking at Jr. Smith for me to love this guy. It's it, it, it's the only way. It's it, because he does <laughs> a lot of things that annoys me, and I'm. I, I, re- I remember you mentioning, you know, like 20 minutes ago or so, when Burks threw the alley-oop to Obi Toppin. I counted only three this season he threw alley-oops to Obi, oh, yeah. Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. At least three or four. Burks, he could be so good, bro. His handle is – he got a great handle, right? He He's great off of the pick and roll. He's aggressive. He, he's savvy. He could get to the free throw line. He's a great free throw shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. And by the way, shout-outs to the Knicks overall for um shooting great from the three-point line. We're, I, we're top ten yeah. three-point percentage. I think from the last time I had this stat, the Knicks were six in the NBA in three-point percentage. You got Frank Nalakina shooting 46%. Burke shooting 41%. Not shooting 41%. Randall shooting 40%. Bullock shooting 40%. Barrett shooting 38%, quickly shooting 38%, and Derrick Rose shooting yep. 30, 37%. Dude, we, we really <laughs> threw out the season because we weren't even taking a ton of threes in the start. We've slowly – and see, this mm-hmm. is why, I like, I always say baby steps with this team. Like, you can't over-expect the over-expectation. You know what I mean? Like, we're already living past right. everybody's expectations. Clearly, we've already passed what, you know, the – Vegas predicted us to win for the year. So we're already playing above a, a certain level. So you can't over expect for them. You know what I mean? Like you can hope for them. Yes, I definitely see us, you know, whether it's a play in a playoff, we're definitely right in that running. So I expect us to to end somewhere around there. You know what I mean? And I'm happy with that. That's fine. I don't need to go to the finals. I don't have to go to the conference finals. I'm okay with it, man. Like last season, we, sh- we sucked. You know what I mean? So I'm cool with it. I like the direction that we have. It looks like it's it's permanent. It's consistent. And I think that they're making the right moves. So, um, yeah, I just I, I think that, you know, it's it's here to stay for the most part. And you're talking about stability, right? And I, I love what the team is doing right now. And I want to ask you about, you know, Leon Rose standing pat at the trade deadline because this goes into uh, roster stability. And you read articles, and a lot of articles talking about how Leon Rose, he he basically loved the team chemistry. You know, I I seen a video today. You got R.J. Barrett and Frank Nellikina doing some type of uh, uh, pre-game ritual run to the scores table. You got Julius Randle hugging R.J. You got Bullock Burks. And, and Knox, they always hugging each other. You know, you got IQ. It, it, it's it's yep, everybody's buddy buddy. I'm not used to this. Yes, and you don't want to break that up. And Danny, I I want you to say something to this, right? My belief that I, I always believe that championships are won with chemistry. Chemistry above all. You're never going to win a championship yep. without chemistry. So. Are you? How did you feel when Leon Rose 
didn't make a move at the trade deadline. And what do you think is he's going to do? Like, you think he's going to do a trade draft night? You think he's going to do one during the offseason? How, how you felt about that? Because a lot of people was – they was oh, angry yeah. at Leon Rowe, Definitely. honestly. Like, 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 so Yeah, no doubt. So, obviously, you saw a lot of people felt certain ways. I just think that Knicks fans are a spectrum of – realistic expectations and then going back to what I was saying over expectations, you know what I mean? And that's fine because they're just looking at what we have and they're just being over optimistic, you know, at least they're being positive. You know, we haven't even felt like, you know, this hasn't even been a thought in a Knicks fans head in years. So I get where they're coming from. Personally, I was okay with him standing pat at the deadline just because, I the way that they're they're moving, it's the I the way I kind of vision it is they have a handful of ideas of what they could do and they put a value to each one. And if they don't get it for that certain value, then they're okay with, with what we got. I mean, you know, I was just saying they figured out throughout this season how to start increasing their threes and taking the right ones. You know what I mean? You're going back to topping you know, taking the right shot, you know, everybody's been taking the right shots. And that's why when we do play our game most nights, you know, and we're taking those right shots, they're going in. I think certain nights when the defense kind of stymies us a little bit, I think we get forced to take shots a little bit more so than we normally would. But I think that once we get into a somewhat of a rhythm, we absolutely that flow and, and we're able to just to, even if that that normal spot that they're trying to pick is a, a half a foot over, you know, that's what it takes to, to, to knock them down, you know? So I definitely think that him staying pat on the deadline chemistry wise is totally fine because you see the chemistry that we have. I think that most fans that understand what chemistry we have understand also what guys on the team are probably a little bit more likely to go, you know, when the time comes and we look to make certain upgrades. Um, what I was going to say before about Burks was he really – the one thing I like about him is that he recognizes the flow of the game. You know, he, he sees the defense. He sees if where, you know, where, where the other team is going on a run. Say they're going on an eight, you know, 8-0 run because the last handful of games that come down to the, the wire have been, you know, games of runs. And he's recognizing that and seeing, you know, in certain zones, he needs to penetrate and break the zone down. You know what I mean? So – Obviously, we can't yep. penetrate completely on a zone, but the idea of penetrating the zone to collapse it and then kicking it out and moving the ball, we can pass the ball faster than guys can run, as we see. That's really what it is getting us back on the runs and able to overcome those um, defensive quandaries. So that's definitely, you know, Rose at the deadline, okay with me. I think when the season ends, he's definitely going to just do the same thing. He's going to, you know, have a board of moves that he is looking to make. You know, Lonzo's going to be on there. A couple other guys, Lowry, you've been hearing a lot of people talking about. Um, and listen, I, I don't even doubt that they have a, a part of that board where it says Kawhi Leonard. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're going the whole spectrum, <laughs> in, and they're covering everything, and they're putting values to everything, and what pieces could fit to keep the chemistry where it is on top of it because the system that Tibbs has them playing, you don't want to break that up. Everybody understands it, and, and – and is all about it. So you want to keep that moving. So the dream scenario for me is obviously one of them is I want Kevin Knox to play next mm -hmm. season, obviously. 
But I would like a reunion with Carmelo Anthony. And, you know, if he's going to come off the bench, cool. But I think that in R.J. Barrett's third year, let's say we make the playoffs. Let me do, I, 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 I didn't, I'm talking about what I want, and I didn't even say the hypothetical first. Let's say we make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? R.J. Barrett shows out in the playoffs, right? We're going into the offseason with the most cap space in the NBA. We got a young core in place that's sustainable for the next few years. And we don't have to worry about paying R.J. Barrett yet. So if we could get a combination of Kyle Lowry with a Kawhi or Kyle Lowry with a DeMar DeRozan, I don't even want DeMar DeRozan. I don't either. But that would be an upgrade, right? I, don't, I, I really don't want him. But it would be an upgrade. I don't really want nobody else outside of that, honestly. I don't want Otto Porter Jr. I don't want Kelly Uber. Yeah, I don't like Uber. You know? On the fit-wise, you know? It, it, yeah, like, it, it, and it's tough. So, for me, Danny, I want to see Knox play. Bro. I'm with you. Listen, I think the second unit, dude, is totally open, man. You know what I mean? Like, you can definitely fit Knox in there. You can fit Obi in there. Um, you know, obviously people are going to debate whether, you know, quickly goes starting lineup or quickly stays on the second lineup. Um, but regardless, I think that there's room for Knox and Obi to work their way into a permanent fixture there. If they, if they work their fit in right, you know what I mean? Like you see what part of their game fits what we need. And if they could fit that into it, they're there. You know what I mean? They just have to do that. So I would I wouldn't mind seeing that either. You know, I think Knox definitely needs to he needs to needs to play a little bit more consistently. Obviously he needs time to do it because without playing time, it's never gonna happen. Um but I, I definitely could see that happening. Right. You know, going back to what you originally were saying with Carmelo, I love Melo. I I, w- I would take Melo yep. any any year he, he wants to come home. Um but I don't know if it's next year. You know, he's really found a, a home at the moment in Portland. And being a Mellow fan, aside from a Nick fan, I'm happy for him. You know what I mean? Seeing him go through everything that he went through um, from Oklahoma to Houston to being on the bench. Um, not even no, being on the bench. No, I, I, meant, I mean, being on the bench in the league. Him, you know what I mean? Not even being on a team. So That's, the oh. fact that he finally found the right fit with Portland Obviously, Dame and him definitely have a rapport, you know, McCollum too. So I think that they definitely – you see it. He's happier. He looks happier. He play, He's playing better because he's happier. So I'm cool with it. I think he knows in the back of his head he also has a home in New York, and when the time comes, he could come. I definitely think I saw him say something either right around trade deadline or somewhere in the middle of the season. But probably like when he came to, you know, when we played and a reporter asked him something stupid. Um, but he said he said something like, you know, like <laughs> the Knicks got something going on right now and it's special. And I'm not trying to come in there and be a distraction or disrupt it. Or, you know, he's like, if the time's right and, and if things work out, he, you know, he definitely said something like that. So I don't know if it's next year. The year after, I think in my eyes, is probably more likely. Um, but I definitely do see him coming back, and I think we definitely welcome him home to, uh, you know, to see him go. So I, I'm all for it, 100%, dude. I'm first in line if I can get tickets. I'll overpay all day. I'll go into debt. I'm there. So can I bounce this off for you real quick, though? I think Melo said that because 
there was no stars on the Knicks at the moment. You get right, so it was earlier in the season. Guy, yeah. So it's it was no guy that would take the heat or or take all the media attention off of Melo if Melo was the coming. If you if you Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Now, let's say R.J. Barry. He's twenty two years old. He's coming into his own. He's an all star. Let's say we keep um Julius Randle right now. He's known as an all star now. Melo could walk in that locker room, and we don't have to depend on yep. him to be a leader. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I, I want, I, I want a guy that, you know, I see Derrick Rose, and I know Derrick Rose can mentor, uh, IQ, and we're gonna talk about IQ in a second. But I like, you know, I like Melo. I like the thought of Melo being around Kevin Knox and Obi Toppin. You get Definitely. what I'm saying? He, he's 38 years old, and he's just teaching these guys. You know how to play the game and and, and and things what to do. So I think that was what he meant by that. How do you feel? I about mean, that? I can totally see that. I definitely understand where you're coming from too. Um, and you, I mean, I obviously get it. You know, Melo definitely got killed by the media. You know, and it's tough being in New York. You know, nobody else really wanted to take that on. He took it on. So I mean, I think he's definitely going to be looked at as a Knicks fixture for that reason. You know what I mean? Nobody else looked to, to come and try to put us on. He did, you know, so, and, you know, it just, it sucked that it worked out with Phil like that. And then literally he goes and Phil leaves, what, like half a season later anyway. So that kind of sucked. Um, but I see where you're coming from. I definitely do. <laughs> I, I just don't even think, I, I see where you're coming from and I agree with it to a degree, but I feel like, now that Carmelo's already came back, he's found his home, he's proved himself again, he's kind of gotten his flowers from the media again, you know what I mean? I think he'd be a little bit more comfortable coming to the Knicks now. And you know what it was? It's like he had he was forced to the bench after he left the Knicks. You know what I mean? He was a starter on the Knicks, left and right away was was looked at to to be a rele- you know relegated on the bench because it didn't work out with Oklahoma right away. You know, I'm pretty sure yeah, he ended up being able nope. to come off the bench there too, and that's one of the reasons it didn't work. I think he just mentally wasn't wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? He still thought that he had a lot more juice left, which I get he does, but I just think that the type of game is different now, and where you see it, I, Melo's a very ISO player, which is key at certain points, but it can't be the driver of a team anymore. You know, it slows the game down too much. That that's a fact. Let me give you a short, a real quick story, bro, yeah, before we get up? into IQ. When Melo was on OKC, I bet $300. <laughs> I bet two, was it 200? It was probably two, $300. I bet on OKC, bro. And they go in the playoffs and wet the bed against the Utah Jazz. I couldn't believe it. Joe Ingles was killing yep. Paul George, bro. He had an Australian guard. The, he had the Aussie. Ingles is nice, bro. Yo, he is, dude. He gets he gets no credit. That's another (laughs) underrated player right there. Joe Ingles. Bro, I love Joe Ingles, bro. I I don't even know. Yo, he plays hard, he balls, man. He goes to the rim and he shoots the three. Guy is uh guy's nice. Facts. You know who we got that that's kind of like Joe Ingles, Alec Burks. But Alec Burks, it, it, they play right. the same type of role. It's, 
it, it, it's kind of like angles make it make it look pretty. Yeah, and he's That's bigger, and you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> so it, it's it's funnier seeing a guy like Ingles be that that uh, that athletic, really. You know. Nah, that's a fact. So let, let let's go let's go in the um yes sir quickly real quick right. So you know quickly, my young boy picked twenty fifth in in this year's draft, probably the uh, still of the draft. By I the way. definitely would say so. Got a mean floater. I would definitely mm-hmm. agree with you, man. I'd steal the draft for sure. Steal the draft easily, bro. Twenty fifth pick you. And if you do a redraft and you going into the draft, I think quickly would be picked top seven. Yeah, re- yeah, I can see that. Easy. Definitely, man. He would definitely be moved up if you redo it now. 100%. He came out big. So, of course. So, now we, we looking at quickly. Quickly has played point guard. He's played shooting guard. He's played the backup point guard. He's played the backup shooting guard. What the hell is his long term position to you, bro? Um, I, I, you you feel like he's a point guard? You feel like he's Lou Williams in the shooting guard mode? Like, Man, well, if I'm not mistaken, bro. right? Quickly was a point guard what in high school, and just when he was when he's at Kentucky, he played more yes. of a shooting guard. I think that the fit on our team at the moment, he definitely fits better as a shooting guard. Um, just the way that he plays, like. I, I see where when he takes over the games, but that's when he's in go mode. You know what I mean? If he if he can lock into that and do that more often, I would say yes. But from what I've seen, I think he definitely is more of a shooting guard. I think once he gets comfortable understanding that, I think that he'll be fine. You see the games where he puts in 15, you know, 15 points, 14, 16. That's huge off the bench. That's what we need. You know what I mean? Um, it, it lets it lets pressure off of Randall, off of RJ. Guys like that don't have to score. Like like RJ last night, he didn't have a ton of points whatsoever, barely scored. And Peyton picked up the Peyton, you know, uh, pick, picked up the uh, the slack. So, you know, with 20 points. So I don't give a crap who it is. You know what I mean? In in, a, in the basketball game, I'm a Knicks yep. fan. The Knicks need to win. They need points to win. So I don't care who gives them to me. You know what I mean? I have nothing against Peyton. It's just that he hasn't done shit really – the second half of the season, you know what I mean? Listen, he don't get me wrong. He started us, you know what I mean? He got us where we got. I think there's that – I keep saying this, man. The team rose up, you know what I mean? They obviously overcame everyone's expectations, and they brought themselves to the next level as a team. And I feel like doing so, that's exposed our weaknesses. And unfortunately, certain things that, like, Peyton does, they, they just get seen a lot more, man. He, those turnovers, you know what I mean, they, they kill us. You see him certain times drive right into double-doubles, you know, and lose it. Sometimes he drives, doesn't get it in. Um, there's just a lot of little things about Peyton, you know. But um, I think that everybody's kind of seeing it. And even even Peyton's seeing it. And, you know, he's doing them less. You saw, obviously, last night he definitely worked out a little bit better. Um, but Tibbs also Finally. has been using him right, too. Like, if you notice, he's got a short leash, man. You know, like he he plays what the first three four minutes and Tibbs pulls him if he doesn't have two fouls already because you saw him you know do that twice in the last what week, you know two quick fouls. But mm-hmm. listen, he was big last night. You know, going into halftime with those eight quick points, you know, in the last minute minute and a half, those were huge. You know, we needed them. So listen, yeah. I'll take that all night long. You know, especially when RJ ain't hitting. You know. 
Yo, and I agree with you, bro. Like, I have nothing to get. Shout out, first of all, shout out to Alpha Payton because we. No, we killed everybody, man. We killed Randall last year hard. I did. I definitely was not happy with Yes. Yo, yo, bro, I think every other podcast I recorded, I think I was like, (laughs) Trey Randall. (laughs) I get it, man. I get it. But that's why we have so much more respect for him. You know what I mean? Like, he really. It's yeah. not like he just elevated his game and he shoots better. Like he literally changed the the little things. Like he ain't going into double teams as much. He did last night a little bit, but because he was he was looking to freaking show them what's up, you know. Um, he's been better about dishing the ball, hundred yeah. percent. He's been better about setting picks. Last night he definitely was just. I don't know if it was anxiety, if he had too much adrenaline or what, but those moving screens killed us, obviously. Um, you know, but I definitely I, I like what we've seen, man. I definitely respect the hell out of him. Um, quickly though, dude, I getting back to him, I just feel like we did mm-hmm. start him what twice, I think now, t- two or three times. And the first, yeah, the first two three times, times he tried to r- run the offense and he was okay at it, but we didn't as a team have the same flows, you know what I mean. You're being nice. You're being too nice. <laughs> listen, it just you're being too yeah, nice. it just didn't work pathetic. out. You know what I mean? It just pathetic. didn't work Come out. On, so, it, listen, he played, you know, uh, an SG in, in college. That's the last thing he played. Now he comes to the NBA. On top of being a rookie, mm-hmm. he's learning the point. You know what I mean? So, it's tough. Listen, I get it because he balled out when he was put in where he was put in. So I get that it's a spot that we need a piece in, and some people feel like he could. I just don't think that it's long-term. I think shooting guard, 100%. He'll be nice off the wing. You see the way he moves. You see the way he moves off picks. He's always looking. He could be Burks or better. You know what I mean? Like, he does those same things. Quickly, just got to – he just got to hold – I agree. And he, need, he needs to he that's, look that's to drive more and not float so much. He could work on a one-two drive, man. Like, do what Rose does. You know what I mean? Like, you don't always have to float it, you know? <laughs> always, always, always dude. And it's funny, man. The last couple <laughs> games that were tight, you saw when he was in there at the end of the games, like he wanted the ball. <laughs> like you could just tell. You know, like he was pretty much like running in place, like on the free, you know, on the three point line, like waiting to get the ball, you know. I'm not, no, mad not at all. Quickly, like, I, Me too. I like we need the way it. he plays. Um Dude, for sure. There, well, there was that one game that that Barrett really willed us to win, where you saw him get mad. I can't remember what who we played, but there was that moment where Taj like came over to him, hugged him, you know what I mean, and you could see he pepped him up, and he really like you know helped us gain that energy and the momentum back to close the game. I feel like it quickly has that too. So you know what I mean, just that energy that that um that need to let's go you know what i mean pick the pace up like you know stop you know stop stop you know uh jogging you know what i mean like we got to run we got to dive like you see those things are infectious you know what i mean when a whole team when nobody on the team does it the whole team is lazy like that in a way you know so when people are doing that diving over the balls you know um driving hard as he can you know and trying to make layups and getting fouls and like he just motivates people around him also. So I just – I see nothing but success for RJ moving forward quickly too. I think once he finds his fit, I think it's nothing but, but – like you see what Tibbs did with the roster now. Like wait till those guys improve themselves. The, and once Tibbs gets a hold of that, like he could do so much more, you know, plus the upgrades we have to come. 
all the assets we have, like you mentioned, dude, we're good, dude. Bro, so I want I want to ask you last two things, and I could get you out here. Um, I want to ask you about Thibodeau's minutes and rotations. Um, how do you feel about his rotations? You know, he plays the starters basically mm-hmm. the whole first quarter. Then he brings in the bench. And then the bench usually plays, you know, the first six minutes of the second quarter. And then he'll probably take out three of the bench players and bring back in his starters. But we just witnessed and, you know, oh, God. I was watching the Denver Nuggets game. And I watched Jamal Murray go down. And he I hate watching that, man. And me too, bro. And they had six games in nine nights. And I'm watching Thibodeau. He he got Randall in there, games be up 20, and he's playing Obi Top in 10 minutes. You know, I get annoyed with him a lot. I, how do you feel about, you know, Thibodeau, the rotations, and and – what do you want? Is there things that he could change moving forward, maybe for next season and, and beyond, in order to like preserve these dudes? Because we don't need Randall to get hurt or any one of these nah. guys not going well. And we saw Randall already get hurt somewhat. You know what I mean? I think he's just now getting over that. You know what I mean? I think last night and the game before, he started to look a little bit better. Um, we can't, we can't, man. I think, um, like I said earlier in the hour, man, I'm not huge on the Tibbs, you know, overriding guys with the minutes and stuff. I don't feel like that's so such a big thing. But rotation-wise, there's definitely room for improvements. I think that a big part of it is trust. You know what I mean? I just feel like he doesn't have a lot of trust in, in parts of the second unit where obviously Randall needs a rest. I would like to see him not have to play the entire first quarter. But I, I don't think that Tibbs trusts putting somebody like Toppin in when we have two minutes left to go and it's so tight and you want to end the first quarter on, on, a, on a good impression so we have somewhere decent to start off the second quarter, you know? So I I just feel like he doesn't trust the, the, the lineup so much, and that's why he overplays guys in certain spots. I think he could definitely improve um, implementing parts of the team a little bit better. You know what I mean? I was saying it the other night. Like, if you could sprinkle Knox in or Frank in for a minute here and there, like, it, when, when it's needed, you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. we're down 15 points, the momentum's on the other side, and we call a timeout, not to 15, because Tibbs would definitely call a timeout sooner than that. But I just feel like he could put Knox in for 45 seconds, a minute, see how the flow of the games goes. See, Knox, how many times comes off the bench and knocks one down, knocks two down, almost right away. You know what I mean? Like, we, we need those. And that changes Easy. the energy because the crowd loves to see it, and it hypes everybody up. Um, so I would love to see that. And listen, if he doesn't knock him down, then take him back out. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's okay. Um, same with Frank, dude, like that Nets game that we played last week, I definitely would have liked to see Kyrie, um, being guarded by Frank a little bit, you know, why not? I, I totally get that Tibbs is a win now guy and he's going to play the guys that he thinks give him the best shot of doing it. But there's certain situations and certain players that you can absolutely pop in here and there that are plug-and-play with the type of system that we have and can easily just fit right in. You know what I mean? Frank, not having to run the offense is huge. Just let him be the 3 and D guy. That's fine. 
you know, and if he doesn't knock down the shots, that's fine because he's huge on D, so he makes up for it. So we'll have more offensive opportunities when Frank is on the floor. But, again, you know, like I get why Tibbs does it. So I would definitely like to see him change things up a little bit. I feel like we've seen him start thinking about it a little bit more recently um, because it's taken so long into the season to see Tibbs even go to the bench. You know, um, last night he obviously, you know, looked to clear the bench a little bit. A couple games ago he did it with, uh, you know, a couple minutes left when Knox was getting some bigger minutes. And I just feel like we're going to see that a little bit more. And it's it's tough, you know what I mean, because it's a balance. You know, we're trying to make this playoff push and at the same time develop our, our guys, you know, and at the same time make a new winning culture, you know. So the good thing uh, about our team is there's so many pieces that are so good at certain spots. So a win like last night is nice to see because you got guys step up and contribute the points when other guys are, are down, you know what I mean? And we need that because when it doesn't happen, we lose no matter how much, you know, how, how much we're playing defense. So I definitely think that that's what I'm seeing, what I would like to see. What about you, man? How do you feel about the rotations and the, and the lineups? Um, I just saying I agree with you, bro. Like, I wish he just sprinkled some Kevin Knox in there. You know, run some small ball lineups out there. Put Randall at the five. Let me see Obi at the four, Knox at the three. Like, let me. I just want to see the kids play. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't get enough of them you know, during Fisdale and uh, and Hornacek. Uh, like you know. <laughs> what? Let, let me ask yeah, you a question. So. Let me ask you a question. When you go to school, and you got a teacher, are you going to learn from a stupid <laughs> teacher, or are you going to learn from a teacher? Who no, you're a hundred percent right. Hundred percent right, what? bro. I just think, like I said, the only thing that holds them back, and it sucks timing-wise that it's their contract mm-hmm. years, is that he's trying to establish that winning culture. And in doing that, he's going to play – he's going to ride on the vets. You know what I mean? And it sucks. But it also got us to where we're at right now. So I'm kind of with it. So it's like you got to take the good with the bad in a way. You know what I mean? And it sucks because they're guys that we've been riding with one a minute and really haven't gotten a great opportunity. But, again, like I'll take the good with the bad. It is what it is. You know, like we got time. They got some time. If they can't make it happen in the next year, then, you know, like I'm going to have to start thinking what else, you know. It's tough, man. It sucks. Uh, it does. Like, yeah. I hate getting attached to certain guys. Especially when they didn't get a good go, you know. Yeah, and you know what it really is? It's because we don't have a clear you don't, like we don't have a clear direction. No, that's that's not what I want to say. We don't know what the hell is going to happen because we're twenty eight and twenty seven, so we're not close mm-hmm. to the lottery, right? But then we're not. 10 games above 500, so we're not firmly in the playoff conversation yet because we could still lose five games straight and be the ninth seed or something like that, which we don't want to be. I want to be a top right. six, six seed if I make the playoffs. So it is. It, it's tough for me, bro. It's, it, it's tough for me. And then it's like a, another thing. Boom. I just thought about it. So as soon as we're talking about this conversation, um, 
Burks, Bullock, Nerlens, Alfred. I'm not going to include Taj and Rose because we don't slander Taj and Rose. We we don't include Understood. them on anything like this. Um, the, those guys are on one year contracts, right? You can't <laughs> trade them draft night, <laughs> and you can't trade them in the off season because their contracts are done. So you didn't play Kevin Knox, who's obviously under contract. You didn't play him a lot this year, so his value is low. So it's not like you could really trade him draft night. And even if you do, you're going to have to put in more assets just to right. match the value that you're trying to get. So that that those are the couple of things that I got to, you know, it, it's tough for me to get a grip on what the Knicks is trying to do. Well, I think do. you hit on a, a key earlier, man, that Kentucky connection. You know what I mean? So I could see him sticking around for, like I said, another half season. Maybe he makes, you know what I mean, the full year next year. But I see him sticking around and getting another shot. You know, I think after we finish this season, if we could complete it with the same the same intensity, the same consistency that we've been playing with, I think that's a success. You know what I mean? And I think we need to keep going with that same that same mentality and that same culture into the next season. So I think he'll stick around a little bit. Um, it's going to be tough, though, man. It's definitely going to be tough. I want to know, you know, last question. No, it's all good, dude. It's all good conversation, bro. What? No, of course, of course. You know, I'm I'm just so exhausted, bro. I feel you, man. Yo, and and listen, salute to you, dude. Thank you for all you do, man. Definitely putting in the work, dude, on on the front lines, you know? Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. I mean, it's so crazy, bro. I be live streams at (laughs) work. I'm seeing them. You know, I, I I try to I record pod, podcasts at work. Like I I, I try to I watch the Nick games at work. You know, I, I try to do my best, bro, and still try to make sure I, I save the people and make sure that the people get the proper service. Man, yeah, it's, it, it's hard, bro. When COVID first, hit, I can only imagine. I I can't oh, even imagine, man. dude. I really can't. I'm sure it was crazy. <laughs> it, Crazy. I, I was record. I think when when COVID hit, I think I recorded more podcasts at that time, just to try to like get my mind off everything that was going on. And then you got to think about it, bro. Like my birthday right. is January twenty fifth. I wake up the next day, and my my girlfriend tells me Kobe yeah. Bryant passes away, and this is the day after my birthday. So, I'm in shock with that. Then my aunt passed Man, away. rest in peace, dude. Then, you know, God forbid, rest in peace to her. Then, it's like basketball stops. So, now my safe haven yeah, is going. Dude. <laughs> and then, and now I'm at work, and I'm dealing with all of this at the same time with no sports. Yo, like, it was tough, no dude. Sports. There was no distractions yeah. for a while. That's why uh, everybody got so uh, crazy God. into the news and shit, man. Like, yeah. So nuts, dude. Insane. <laughs> but, no, no, no. You go ahead, bro. Go I ahead. was just going to go back into um into what we were saying. That's all. No, no I was just going to say this is why I think I hold um, RJ Barrett to 
a special place in my heart. And as far as me, I'm 31 years old. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to experience right. Patrick Ewing um, like right. all the Knicks fans did. Like, they, they tell me all the time, you know, Pat was great. John Starks was great. Like, Yo, we didn't experience No, nah, really didn't, man. I was too <laughs> I was too young to really take it in and appreciate what, what was, you know, being played. Right. And you know what you know what we had to deal with? We had to deal with Isaiah Thomas, Scott Layden, yep. Donnie Walsh. <laughs> that, 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 that's just nonstop foolery, man. So there was just bro, they were just trying to buy teams, man. Just trying to put something together. Buy. Crazy. <laughs> it almost worked. <laughs> we, bro, we drafted Frederick Weiss. Bro, bro. We we I think we gave Jerome James sixty million. No, we traded Patrick Ewing. Yeah. We, we we traded for we traded for Steve Francis and we traded for Stephon Marbury. We traded two first round picks for Tracy McGrady, thinking that yep. LeBron James was going to come in. Like, hopefully now, like? dude. Hopefully now, because <laughs> I've definitely been seeing. I like what I see so far. You know. No, I, I do too, and. The last thing, right? How would it make you feel if we made the playoffs this year and we had top six seed? The last time the Knicks was in the playoffs, it was Man, 2014. I, I was 25 years old. No, I, I, no, I was 24, 25 years old. And that was the last time we made the playoffs, so. How would you feel if you make the playoffs this season? And what would you think – what do you think the playoffs do for the Knicks roster, for R.J. Barrett, Knox and those guys, the young guys, for Julius Randle? But most importantly, just for the Knicks culture and, and, and success moving forward and how they're doing man, around. Man, so much, dude. So much, man. Now, first of all, I'm going to be super hyped. I'm going to be nuts, dude. I'm going to be rocking Knicks all day, every day, at work, out of work. I don't give a shit. That's all I'm going to be talking about, period. And um, I'm definitely going to be going through the roof. It's going to be huge for the culture, huge for the young guys. I don't know if you remember last year or I'm pretty sure. I don't remember when. It was definitely during the Fisdale years. I remember Fisdale threw, uh, flew in Knox and was it Frank, man? I don't remember. It was Knox and somebody else. He flew them into the All-Star. Knox, Dox, yeah, and, they, Knox, and he flew him into the All Star game just to be up, you know what I mean, up close and see it all going on, and you know what I mean, like that's big stuff, dude, you know. And so, I think when you look at like playoff experience, it's ten times more than that, you know what I mean. Like you can't beat playoff experience. The mindset of it, the feel of it, that's your first taste of it. Like, why do you play basketball to win a championship? So, what's the first step? Make the playoffs. Like, all you gotta do is get in. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. It's a whole new game once you're in the playoffs. So I think it's big, dude. I think it also not only gives them that experience, but it kind of reassures everybody that they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest part of this all is that as Tibbs is coaching and making these changes and Randall's taking that step into the next you know, spot and, and RJ's taking the next step to the next level, you – you get a sense of reassurance because they're being rewarded for all the work that they're putting in. You know what I mean? So it's going to motivate them to keep working. It's going to be huge. So I just think it's a win all around, you know, regardless of what happens with it. I just think it's a win no matter what. So I'm happy with it.
Um, me too, man. I would like to see Miami Heat first round. Me too. I'm that would be a hell of a fans. playoff matchup, dude. Um, I'm, I hate him. I hate him. Uh, whatever. Who, what you older Nick fans? Whoever listening to this, and you're older than forty five years old. I know you hate the Miami Heat. I feel you on that because I hate them too. <laughs> the Tyler Hero. I can't garbage. stand it. I got attacked the other day on Twitter. For yeah, my dude. Heat fans, because you know I'm big enough, RJ. It's insane, I, I dude. The it. heat, that the the heat, uh, the hate is insane, dude. It's crazy. So I'm loving it. Even the last game, like the field between the two teams, it it had that playoff feel to it. So I'm all about that, man. Definitely am. And it's a good matchup. And it's a good matchup for us, you know. So say somehow yep. we end up pulling it out and we beat them. You know what I mean? You think about that. what that says. You know, this team went to the freaking finals last year, you know. So that's big right there. Um I just love thinking about it, man. I think it's going to be huge. I, I can't wait, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where they, they end up. That that would be nice, man. Knocking out the, the reigning Eastern Conference champions. Man, how sweet it is, bro. <laughs> Do you know how – Nick fans might <laughs> Dude, they were shut it down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Next Twitter would be no more. Uh, another, oh uh, no more, bro. Uh, another team that I would love to play in the first round is okay. the Atlanta Hawks. I can so, see that. Another team I would love. To, I don't like Me the neither. way Trey Young play basketball. Yep, that's the reason why I want to play them. They have been on a good streak, though, man. Um, they definitely, you know, since they got they changed up the coach, they've been on uh, a little bit of a hot streak. So. I mean, I'm looking at how we played them the last time around, but I don't know how that changes now, you know, with, with what's been going on there. So I'm kind of curious. I think mm-hmm. – don't we play them coming up? I think in, like, the next two weeks. So, actually, we do. And we yeah. play them on the 21st and 8 p.m. All right. And we home. So, that right there, I'm definitely going to be tuning in just for that alone. You know what I mean? Paying attention to the details. Seeing how the coaches, you know, because they're going to be looking at it for that same reason, trying to feel each other out, you know. We're in that last pure part of the season, especially in this playoff race, you know, and how tight the conference is. So anytime we play somebody that's that's right there in that race, I feel like it's going to be one of those games. So Adam Silva, umf <laughs> um, this guy, so mm-hmm. we're talking about making the playoffs, right? So this guy got the nerve, bro. I don't know if you've seen this on the schedule. I don't know if you have this in front of you. But in May, towards the very end of the season, this guy gives us a West Coast trip, mind you. We got Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers, then the San Antonio. And, and, and how short of a, a span of time? <laughs> oh, so... None of them are back-to-backs, thank God. And, you know, none of them are back-to-backs, basically. But that – in no span of games right there, that's going to define – 100%, man. That's a tough stretch. That probably is straight up two weeks, you know, back-to-back days for – not back-to-back days, every other day for – what is that, six games? So, that's – 
it's a good week and a half going into two weeks, man. It's going to be a rough stretch. We just saw what the, these last two weeks, you know, that we're closing out now have been like. So uh, it's going to be tough, man. It's definitely going to be tough. People are going to have to step up and uh, knock on wood. We don't deal with any more setbacks, you know, and we just keep tightening it up. I definitely like the direction we're going in. And uh, I want to see us close on, close on a high note. So got to keep it going. Let's get that fourth win tomorrow, bro. That's huge. Zion, Yo, RJ, that's a, a must-watch. <laughs> it's a must-watch. Definitely because a lot of Nick fans recently, including me, are saying that we'd rather take RJ Barrett over Zion Williamson. And I'm standing on that because RJ Barrett is a better shooter. He's a better defender. And I know he's going to last longer. And that's my opinion. So, RJ is going to have to show up this game. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. He cannot show up. You know, I I was thinking there was one point last night. Did you see where, where LeBron and AD were hanging out? I was I I yeah. don't know like what it was, yeah. but I just feel like maybe that's why RJ just you know what I mean. Every time he's driving to the basket, he's seeing LeBron and, and AD underneath. You know, like I don't know what it was, dude. He just he was just a little off, man. And there was a couple shots that just were in and out, you know. So I don't blame nothing like that, but he was just a little off, you know. Hopefully, it's just you know a, a one time thing. You wanna know what's so crazy? And, and RJ was off yesterday. He had three boards, three assists, two steals, one block. Yo, he was a still, plus still came up w. with the. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like that's why I love this kid. He still puts up the work, man. Uh, RJ totally is agree. A special guy, man. I, Dude, if he's not an all star next man. season, man, I'm gonna be bro. pissed off. He absolutely deserves it, bro. If. if RJ third season, no, I don't want no less than twenty one points, six rebounds. Yeah, five I totally six. agree, dude. I honestly think he could even get closer to twenty two. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going. Yeah, I, I need twenty. Matter of fact, twenty two. I need because I might need twenty. Yeah, man. No, no, I'm going agreeing with you. Go That's ahead. all. Hundred percent. And that and that's only because, you know, RJ Barrett, he's shooting great from three point range. He's shooting from mid range. I think his shooting from mid range last year was about twenty eight percent. This year has gone up to thirty nine percent. So that's very huge. And way up. His free throw shooting has yep. gotten way better. So it, it it's gonna be a sight to see when uh, RJ next season. Hopefully he's he's an all star. And hopefully Randall's a back-to-back all-star. And hopefully somebody – Me too, man. Absolutely, bro. Because, listen, we keep winning winning games and this winning culture, that's that's what attracts superstars. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how the Nets ended up turning out. The reason that they were a destination to begin with was the culture, regardless of who ended up coming. You know what I mean? Even if Kyrie didn't blow it up, somebody was coming there and that team was going to stay intact. You know, like that, it just kind of showed what it takes to become a legitimate team, man. Like they put in that work, you know what I mean? D'Angelo, um, you know, um, what's his face? Jared Allen, yup, Spencer, all them guys, man. They put in the work. Karis LeVert, 
you know. So I think honestly, if if Kyrie didn't come in and and blow it up, I think they definitely would have added somebody else and taken another step. And you, it's what it's the model that I see us following and doing the right way. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely looking forward to the fruits of the labor, bro. I always say this. I don't want to buy a championship. I want my championship out the mud. Nope. <laughs> yup. I'll tell you, man, being a Knicks fan, that's how it's going to come. Yeah, because nobody ain't going to come here and save us. Ain't, ain't no superstars in free agency in the next two years. Who's going to ask out for a trade? Donovan Mitchell, we just signed this deal. Even so, man, he... There's only a couple of players, dude, that that can take over on a nightly basis. You know what I mean? Like, there's only think about it, dude. Like, who's done what LeBron does? Goes to a team that's got nobody and works it. You know what I mean? Into a position until trade deadline, makes a few moves, upgrades it slightly, and still gets where he got to go. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a ton of players that single-handedly do that. You know, so it, you're gonna need to yeah. do it the right way. You know. As Regardless. Steve Mills would say, not skipping steps. <laughs> yep. 100%, man. I stumbled down, <laughs> down the stairs all day long. Oh, shout outs to Steve Mills, man. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here. But, um... <laughs> yep. <laughs> that guy, man. Um, totally hit it on the I head. Can't, I can't believe James Dolan trusted Steve Mills for damn near 18 years, man. I, I, can't, I still can't believe it. But Yeah, dude. Got, <laughs> got to change it up. But thank God for Leon Rose. But, yo, I, I'm just rambling off. Let me let me let you get out of here, man. I, I, I had a great time, Danny, man. Dude, me too, man. 100%, bro. Conversation was great. Easy going back and forth with you, that's for sure. And always great, bro. great combo, like, bro. You can say as much as you want, bro. If you got stats, bring them. I don't care, bro. As long as we talking Knicks, man, I don't give a damn, bro. We could talk as much forever and ever, bro. I, I love the Knicks, man. This is going to be my team forever, man. I, I'm so happy we drafted RJ Barrett. But I, me too, bro. Big ups to RJ. Big ups to RJ. I want you to let the people know All day. where they could find you. What is your next project coming out? And tell them about the new thing, man, the Knickerbocker app, man. Tell them about that, too, before you get out of here, please. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, dude. So, Knickerbocker app, man. Um, me and Coach Five, shout out to Coach Five. I'm sure everybody's seen him on Twitter also, man. Um, when I started doing morning drives, um, I put him out there and I started searching. And I actually found his. Um, but I had no idea he was doing them, so... I reached out, you know what I'm saying, and he kind of blessed me, um, you know, and I took it and ran with it. So definitely shouts to him, and me and him got together. We're going to do a show uh, every Saturday pretty much till the end of the season into the playoffs and uh, and see where it goes from there. You know what I mean? Great conversations with him. You're definitely more than welcome to come through and talk, man. Like I said, mm -hmm. bro, great convo with you here. Um, so that's definitely dope. So check that out Saturdays, noon noontime. I'm pretty sure it's live on YouTube. And then um, we throw it out there on Twitter, Instagram, all that also. So um, definitely check that out. And then obviously I got the morning drive, bro. Danny D morning drive. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Dan underscore NY underscore B on both Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's a crazy long link <laughs> and I can't change it yet. So that link is in my bio on, uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. And that's it, bro. You know, talking my next, and I don't really got nothing planned. I'm just kind of seeing, you know, seeing where where things take me. You know what I mean? I only really been doing this for 
uh, like since March, you know, so it hasn't been long. So I just figured, let me keep doing my thing. Um, meeting, you know, great mm-hmm. people like yourself, coach fire, uh, plenty of others out there on Twitter. So, uh, I appreciate all the love, man, especially that yeah, you gave bro, me. Thank anytime, you for bro, me. And, you know, just from me to you, you know, I started my podcast uh, two years ago. Two, uh, in 2019, I started my podcast, bro. And, you know, the one okay. thing I say to you is I I just love doing I, – I love what I do. I love what I do. I don't do it for money. Um, I just love talking about the Knicks. So as long as you love – what you doing, bro? You're gonna always be motivated to put out the best product you can, bro, and, and give your most authentic uh, take you can. In, you know, hundred percent, bro, hundred percent. And I love it, dude. I really do. And uh, but it takes a lot of work, dude. Definitely does. You know what I mean? You gotta really uh, put the work in. So um, it gets tiring at times, but it's so worth it. You know what I mean? Like you said, bro. I love it. I love it. I love it. So. I'm going to keep it going, and, um, you know, like I said, I'll see where it takes me. So, hopefully, uh, we'll do this again, dude. You know, like I said, I, I had a great time talking Knicks with you, and um, I'm definitely looking oh, to do it bro, again in the future. Sure, I'll get, get you on the pod before before the season. And, matter of fact, I'm going to get you on the pod during that West Coast trip. For sure. I got you. I, I got you. I'm in. Um, Let's Nick do it, Nation, dude. I'm out of here. You just heard my guy, Danny B, Morning Drive. Go tune into that. Go to Nickabaca Avenue every Saturday yes, noontime. This was episode 140, State of the New York Knicks podcast. Your boy State, I'm out of here. Peace.